What's going on everybody? Welcome to Catch, Hook, and Shoot. Today is Sunday, April the 21st, 2019. I want to thank everybody for listening and subscribing on Podbean, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, YouTube, and wherever you find your podcasts. And hope everybody's following on social media, on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Snapchat on all of those platforms. You can find the show at, at Catch, Hook, Shoot. And the email, if you ever want to shoot me any questions, comments, anything like that, is catchhookshoot at gmail.com. So uh, let's see what's going on in the world of pro wrestling this week. First of all, uh, some news about Ronda Rousey. Uh, there was a lot of speculation as far as uh, would she be staying or going after WrestleMania. Uh, word is now she suffered a broken hand in her match at WrestleMania. Um, some people said her hand was injured before the match because she had been, uh, there were a couple of backstage pictures, things like that, showing her hand wrapped up uh, in prior matches. Uh, before WrestleMania, but uh, apparently the if the injury was pre-existing, it was uh, it got worse or uh, could be a new injury, whatever it may be. Uh, apparently, she's got a broken hand is uh, going to require surgery. The story is that she uh, had that surgery, I guess, this past Tuesday, and uh, she herself posted on Instagram that she's on what she's calling an impregnation vacation, which kind of confirms rumors of her taking time away to start a family. So, um, yeah, I guess there's a. Uh, uh, outside chance she could be back for the Royal Rumble or possibly WrestleMania next year, next year if she comes back at all. Uh, it's kind of up in the air. I guess it's really her decision as to whether or not she wants to go back to the WWE. Uh, some news from NXT. Looks like Punishment Martinez is going to be getting a new name. Uh, Damian Priest apparently is the uh, the new uh, new name for Punishment Martinez. Apparently is going to be a uh, a darker uh, more occult type character kind kind of sounds like a new uh, new version of possibly the Undertaker or something along those same lines. Which I think for Punishment Martinez, it's definitely a good fit. Damian Priest is a good name, and uh, you know I know a lot of people take issue with WWE changing a lot of the guys' names, and uh, it it's really a case of WWE wants to own. Uh, pretty much everything when it comes to their product so that includes uh, names likenesses things like that and Damian Priest is a name that they can trademark for merchandise and things like that and uh, as far as Punishment Martinez goes you know obviously he can retain that name in case he ever uh, leaves WWE and goes back to work on independence or anything like that so you know it works out good for for both parties and like I said Damian Priest is a cool name um, unlike some other ones which we'll get into a little bit later but uh so yeah, it looks like when we see Punishment Martinez making making his uh, not really debut, but I guess re-debut on NXT TV, he's going to be known as Damian Priest with a little bit of a a new gimmick. Uh, I've been seeing some vignettes on Raw and SmackDown the last couple weeks of uh, I, I'm pretty sure it's supposed to be a buzzard popping out of a box and uh, uh, another one with uh, showing a dollhouse and like a uh, uh, a female look like ventriloquist doll sitting in a rocking chair and these are all leading to the return of Bray Wyatt uh, supposedly his character has been changed up a little bit I'm not really sure what to think about these vignettes they would be creepy if they weren't so hokey I mean uh, the buzzard popping out of the box and it's really kind of a, a comical cartoonish type of puppet or uh, you know even I, I've called it you know it looks like a Muppet or something like that so uh, we'll have to see what uh, what happens with Bray Wyatt when he comes back 
Talking about the Wyatt family, uh, Luke Harper announced on social media that he requested his release from WWE this past week. Uh, I was looking to move on to something new, and of course speculation was all over the place, AEW or Ring of Honor, going back to his, uh, his Brody Lee name. But uh, apparently that has all been squashed as of uh, today. The report came out. Apparently WWE has denied that release. Um, the story that's going around is it was denied because he announced on social media that he had requested his release. Now this uh, is something kind of new for the WWE. I mean, there have been other wrestlers that have gone out and said, yes, I requested my release from WWE, and it eventually got granted. Uh, but it looks like they're kind of cracking down on that. They don't want, uh, apparently don't want, wrestlers just announcing you know hey i requested my release from wwe I, you know i i can see maybe they use that as kind of like to uh, put pressure on wwe to grant the release you know making it more of a public thing um i really don't see anything wrong with saying you know hey i've requested my release but there's obviously people online that have a problem with everything they're saying oh you know he should be a man and stick to the contract he signed well you know i agree with that to an extent but when you're not being used and you're you know i mean by all rights, he was cleared to come back from his injury a couple of months ago, and they kept him sitting on the sidelines because they had no creative direction for him at the moment. Uh, I mean, Eric Rowan came back, and they put him with Daniel Bryan. He was put in a pretty prominent role there with the WWE champion. Uh, but, you know, as far as Harper, he uh, they, they had nothing for him, so he just kind of had to continue sitting on the sidelines. And I would imagine he's probably going to be doing the same thing until the contract runs out, which by all accounts will be in November. Um, so I, I just, I don't see the point of it on WWE's end to keep somebody under contract who doesn't want to be there. I mean, you know, it seems just from a financial standpoint, it seems stupid to me. You're going to continue paying out this guy's downside guarantee while he's not adding anything to the product. He's not bringing any money in. Uh, he's got, you know, really no merchandise to speak of. So you're you're losing money by keeping him under contract, in in my view. So I don't see why. I mean, it's not like it's your top guy. It's not like Roman Reigns requesting his release. It's you know he's uh, uh, been used as a mid card guy at best. It looked for uh, a little while there he was going to get pushed a couple of times. He was former Intercontinental Champion. He and and Rowan were tag team champions, but uh, you know it just never never panned out. There were injuries and things like that and. You know, I, I don't understand why, uh, if you're not getting a return on your investment, why not just cut ties and, you know, go your separate ways. Uh, but, you know, hey, that's uh, that's WWE for you. That's, that's kind of the way that they work. Uh, so, you know, Luke Harper, from what I can tell, is uh, unless they, you know, start putting putting him in some type of storylines, getting him back on Raw and SmackDown, or even back in NXT, you know, let the guy do something. So, uh you know, we'll have to see where he goes, if anywhere, from here, uh, if he's going to be back on TV or if they're just going to have him sit out his contract till November and uh, just let him go at that time. Uh, another individual who kind of played a little bit that uh, that he was leaving WWE on social media was Alexander Wolf, a uh, former member of Sanity. Now, of course, Sanity was broken up during the Superstar Shakeup. We'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, Alexander Wolf basically put a post up on social media saying, uh, you know, 
R.I.P. Sanity and Goodbye WWE and things like that. And, you know, it apparently turned out to be a swerve as he showed up at the NXT UK tapings in uh, Glasgow this week. So looks like he's going to be, uh, and this hasn't aired on television yet, but it's been all over social media. He's going to be aligning himself with uh, Fabian Eichner, Marcel Bartel, and the uh, the new NXT UK champion, uh, Walter. So it's an interesting little, uh, little group that they've got going on there. I'll be curious to see what they're going to be doing going forward. Uh, another kind of underutilized uh, superstar is uh, Dana Brooke, and she had uh, some words for Sam Roberts on social media this week. Uh, Sam Roberts has, uh, for those of you that aren't familiar with him, does uh, the uh, the kickoff show panels for WWE pay-per-views, and apparently is now doing some commentary on the main event show, which is typically taped like before Raw and SmackDown goes on the air and things like that, and it airs on a WWE network. Uh, but uh, he, he seems to be kind of playing the, the heel role, the heel commentator role, and uh, had some not-so-kind words about Dana Brooke on, uh, on main event during her match, and she fired back at him on social media. So it looks like they, they could be, you know, positioning her uh, for a, a bit of a sympathetic babyface-type push, which I definitely wouldn't be opposed to. Dana Brooke is one who's severely underutilized by WWE, so it'd be a, a welcome change in the women's division for uh, you know somebody new to get a little bit of a, a push and get put into the mix possibly for a championship or even just you know get get a little bit of a spotlight on her because Dana Brooke um, in my opinion very underrated and sorely underutilized so it'll be hopefully good to see her in a little bit of a more prominent role so getting into the uh, the superstar shakeup here that took place this past week on Monday Night Raw they picked up The Miz, Ricochet, Aleister Black um Cedric Alexander, Andrade, Rey Mysterio, The Usos, Naomi, Eric Young from Sanity. So that's what caused the uh, the breakup of Sanity. Lacey Evans officially is with uh, Monday Night Raw. Um, EC3, AJ Styles, and uh, also uh, supposedly Samoa Joe. Now, Joe wasn't on TV at all this past week. Uh, from what I read, he uh, was ill with, uh, with the flu is what it sounded like. So uh, expect him to be making his debut on Raw probably tomorrow uh, on the SmackDown side they picked up Finn Balor uh, apparently Lars Sullivan Lars Sullivan appeared on both shows so it wasn't real clear right off the bat where he was going to be but I guess the last word it's uh, it's going to be SmackDown uh, Ember Moon Bailey Kyrie Sane who debuted with Asuka as the new tag team that Paige was uh, was debuting to go against the Iconics uh, also Buddy Murphy Elias and the Big uh, big news for SmackDown was Roman Reigns came out and uh, gave a Superman punch to Vince McMahon. Apparently there's going to be some quote-unquote repercussions to happen this week. So it should be an interesting SmackDown. Uh, now one that I uh, didn't mention yet, and I was saving this one for, for last, was uh, an acquisition by Raw, which was the, uh, the War Raiders, Hanson and Rowe. And uh, this has been all over social media this past week. Uh, because their name was changed, both their tag team name and their individual names. Uh, they're no longer the War Raiders. They are now called the Viking Experience. Um, yeah, I, I'm not a fan of the name. I understand wanting to change it, uh, wanting it to be a unique name. Again, you know, as I said, like with Punishment Martinez, you know, WWE wants to be able to copyright and own uh, the names of all of their talent. Obviously, for merchandising purposes and things like that, uh, the individual names that they changed uh, Hanson Row to is Ivar and Eric. Um, 
you know, those aren't horrible. They're, they have, you know, the, the whole Viking sound to them, the Scandinavian sound and things like that. That's, that's fine. But the team name, the Viking experience, it, it's really just kind of, I said it on social media, it sounds like a ride at Disneyland or at Epcot or something like that. Um, you know, I get not wanting to use the name War Raiders on the main roster. Um, you know, same reason that uh, Raw is not called Raw is War or the War Zone anymore. They, they don't like the word War. Uh, apparently, Vince McMahon wasn't a fan of the name War Raiders to begin with. And uh, so, you know, they wanted, he wanted it changed. Um, now, they couldn't, uh, couldn't use just the Raiders, obviously, because that's an NFL trademark. Uh, same thing with Vikings. They couldn't just call them the Vikings because that's an NFL trademark as well. Um, so, you know, they, they went with Viking experience. And uh, there was a rumor online that I read that uh, the original name that they wanted to go with was the Berserkers, which I, I would have been fine with. I think that's a much better name than the Viking experience. Uh, I think it conveys the right message as far as the, the team goes, the individuals in the team. But, uh, of course, some of you guys would probably remember back in the 90s, it was a singles wrestler called the Berserker. It was John Nord, uh, who prior to that was known as the Barbarian in, um, in the AWA. So that could be why they chose not to go with the Berserkers for the tag team name. But the uh, I don't know, the, the Viking experience is just kind of... I, I think, you know, had they put a little more thought into it, I mean, apparently this was done the day of Raw. Like, this was just decided uh, on on Monday. But, I mean, had they put some more thought into it, I think they could have come up with something unique that could be trademarked that, you know, didn't, didn't sound like an amusement park ride. I mean, you know, I, I think I threw out a couple suggestions on social media. I mean, the Berserkers would have been good. I don't think too many people remember John Nord. Not that he was a bad wrestler, but, you know, in WWE, he really i mean he had a bit of a feud with the undertaker briefly but beyond that he was more of a mid-card you know uh enhancement guy so i think they could have gone with the berserkers and gotten away with it with much less backlash than the viking experience but i mean they there's you know a lot of different directions they could have gone to keep with the viking type theme with the you know the scandinavian type feel to it like i i, I think some of the names i threw out were like valhalla rising would it would have been a cool name or even uh ragnarok which is the uh, the scandinavian you know uh nordic viking word for the end of the world i think would have been pretty cool uh and you know i'm pretty sure ragnarok is something that they could have uh that they could have trademarked especially if they would have played around with the spelling i mean of course there was a marvel movie called thor ragnarok but that that's exactly what it was it wasn't just ragnarok it was thor ragnarok so i don't think there would have been any uh, copyright issues there, but, you know, Viking experience is what we got, and apparently that's what uh, the WWE is sticking with, even even after all the backlash, so uh, best we can hope for is that, you know, they can, uh, that the team can rise above the name, I mean, obviously their, um, their record speaks for itself, and one of the top tag teams in the world, you know, prior to debuting in NXT, so um, I, I think we can probably look for them to be dropping those NXT tag team titles sometime soon. Unfortunately, uh, if they're going to be full time on Raw, so we'll have to have to see where we go with this. I mean, hopefully they stay the same you know style of team. I'm sure they're going to have them dial it back a little bit um, for you know for the more mainstream audience on Raw, but hopefully the the core of what makes up the War Raiders uh, still you know stays there and they're they're able to as i said rise above the name because the the name viking experience to me is just horrible i mean the name in and of itself is terrible 
So we'll have to see how uh, how that goes. Uh, some news on the NXT side. Uh, it was announced on NXT this week that Kushida is going to be making his NXT debut in two weeks. So I know a lot of people are very excited about that. He signed his NXT contract over WrestleMania weekend just a couple weeks ago. So, uh, you know, I'm hoping... I mean, I'm sure in NXT he's going to have a great run. I'm just hoping, you know, if and when he gets to the main roster, uh, he doesn't suffer from the same type of... Uh, misuse i guess is the best word as like a shinsuke nakamura or asuka or uh you know other japanese stars that have come through the wwe throughout the years i mean you know you can go back as far as uh, somebody like hakushi for those of you that remember him i mean in japan he was a top guy uh, had you know some great matches in ecw uh way back when but uh, as far as wwe goes as hakushi he really never never really got over never took off so uh, hopefully, uh, with Kushida, you know, we'll see, uh, hopefully the same thing doesn't happen with him, uh, but, uh, time will tell. Uh, some interesting news on Impact, we saw Lance Storm make an appearance backstage with, uh, in a segment, uh, with a little bit of, a uh, screaming match between Scott Demore and Brian Cage, and, uh, Lance Storm was named as the special referee for Johnny Impact versus Brian Cage for the Impact title at Rebellion, which is their pay-per-view coming up on April the 28th. So that uh, should be pretty interesting. I know I talked about last week, uh, you know, Johnny Impact has the uh, uh, head Impact official, Johnny Bravo, in his in his pocket now. Bravo helped Impact win his match last week. So they had to go out and find a special guest referee, and it looks like that's going to be Lance Storm. Uh, some big news on the AEW front was announced yesterday. Cody Rhodes' opponent for Double or Nothing will be his brother, Dustin Rhodes. And uh, Dustin announced today on on his social media accounts that he has been granted his release from WWE and that uh, you know gold dust obviously which is a WWE property gold dust is no more so uh, it'll be Dustin Rhodes versus Cody Rhodes at double or nothing um, some some other interesting news from AEW Cody Rhodes was on Jim Ross's podcast this week and he made mention that they're they're on what he's calling a hoss hunt now what uh, what he means by that is they're they're out looking for some uh, some big guys you know, a lot of the people that they've signed would probably be considered more along the lines of uh, cruiserweights, things like that. They don't have too many big heavyweight type guys uh, as of right now. They've got a few, but uh, so he uh, he says they're on what he's calling a quote unquote hoss hunt for some bigger guys like over six two, you know, two two fifty plus, whatever it might be. Uh, one of the guys they're looking at, interestingly enough, is uh, Michael Wardlow, who uh, I know you guys have heard me talk about Warrior Wrestling. A few times on the on the show and uh, coming up on May 12th where Catch Hook and Shoot will be part of the uh, the Fan Fest prior to the wrestling show but uh, on that show Brian Cage will be defending the Warrior Wrestling Championship against Wardlow and at the prior Warrior Wrestling event Warrior Wrestling 4 um, Wardlow faced off against Moose and actually was victorious against Moose that's how he earned the championship match so uh, yeah Wardlow definitely definitely one to watch and if he uh, does end up signing with AEW, that'd be, I think, a great pickup for them. You know, he's a great, uh, great young star, and, you know, he's got uh, definitely got a great upside. So I'm interested to see how that's going to play out. So uh, let's get back into what I started last week, which is uh, running down my list of the top 50 women of all time in pro wrestling. Uh, I'll run down uh, 50 to 26 really quick here, just to kind of refresh everybody's memory. Uh, starting at number 50, we've got Miss Elizabeth. 49, we've got the Jumping Bomb Angels. Yes, I know that's two, but uh, you know I, I 
wanted to get the tag team in there because uh, women women's wrestling hasn't been really uh, taken seriously, you know, up until the last decade or so, uh, and women's tag team wrestling even you know less than that. So uh, you know, I wanted to definitely make mention of the Jumping Bomb Angels. Uh, so that was number forty nine, number forty eight, Velvet McIntyre. And we've got Leilani Kai, Judy Martin, June Byers, Judy Grable, Mildred Burke, Brie Bella, Nikki Bella, Daphne, the Scream Queen, uh, Caitlin, Sasha Banks, Bailey, Jordan Grace, Tessa Blanchard, Taya, Mercedes Martinez, Santana Garrett, Mako Satamora, Akira Hokuto, Bol Nakano, Aja Kong, ODB, and number 26 was Velvet Sky. So starting with number 25 this week, I've got Angelina Love, uh, multiple-time Impact Champion, um, uh, Impact Tag Team, Women's Tag Team Champion, and, uh, you know, just really one of the uh, the core parts of the, uh, uh, what I call the the uh, knockout originals for Impact. Um, you know, the beautiful people were kind of, you know, at the center of that whole division for a, for a long time. Uh, you know, that division was built around the beautiful people and Gail Kim and ODB and uh, Victoria and a few others. So, you know, definitely deserves a place on this list. Same as the next next person on this list, Madison Rain, who just recently re-debuted an impact after a stint in Ring of Honor. Um, again, multiple-time uh, knockouts champion and uh you know still going strong and she's been been in the game for a lot of years all of the all these women have in the beautiful people and uh, of course angelina and velvet just made their ring of honor debut uh with their new new group called allure so we'll have to see you know looks like ring of honor is trying to build their women's division up which is always a good thing uh next at number 23 i've got jacqueline uh miss jackie miss texas um been around in the business for a very long time and uh, she's been through WCW, ECW, WWE, um, you know, the, uh, the USWA. She's been all over, you know, been through the territory system and just uh, uh, a veteran in the business. She's a Hall of Famer and, you know, deserves every accolade that she gets. She's definitely one of the all-time greats. Next on my list is current Raw and SmackDown Women's Champion is Becky Lynch. Now, I'm, I'm thinking a lot of people are probably going to roll their eyes that, uh, you know, she's even on this list. But, uh, you know, that seems to kind of be a trend lately. The uh, uh, fans will kind of clamor for somebody to get, get a push, quote-unquote, and, uh, you know, get a better better spot and things like that. And then when they finally get it, the, the fan, it seems like the fans turn on them. Uh, so I, I have to say I agree with Daniel Bryan to a certain extent. The wrestling fans are very, very fickle, but uh, it is what it is. But, yeah, Becky Lynch definitely, to me, uh, has earned her spot on this. A huge part of the WWE women's revolution, um, you know, getting women's wrestling pushed to the forefront and taken uh, much more seriously than it ever has been in the past, as did the next woman on the list, which is Asuka. Um, you know, as far as in-ring skill, I honestly think that Asuka is the best that WWE has right now. Uh, it's just she's kind of fallen victim to the same kind of thing as I was saying earlier, Shinsuke Nakamura. And and I think it has to do with the, the language barrier, not so much with, you know, the fans having an issue with it because the fans love Asuka. They love Nakamura. I think it's Vince McMahon that has an issue with it because, uh, you know, at NXT, they, they excelled and they were you know, over like nobody's business, but they get to the main roster and they just kind of fall by the wayside. And, you know, I, I don't understand what the disconnect is because the, the fans are there. The fans are 
definitely behind Asuka. There was a huge backlash when she lost the SmackDown Women's title to Becky Lynch, or to uh, Charlotte, excuse me. And, uh, you know, but I hopefully now with her being in a, a tag team with Kairi Sane, who is another um, hugely popular Japanese star, uh, and the two of them together I think will work very well. Hopefully at some point maybe we'll see Io Shirai come up and uh, be part of, that, part of that group as well. But, uh, you know, I would love to see Asuka get another uh another singles push at some point but uh you know as a tag team right now as long as she's put in a good position where she can shine and uh hopefully get uh you know get a good good championship run uh you know i'm hoping that they're going to do do some good with her in the, the very near future next on my list is aj lee um longest reigning divas champion for well she held that record for quite a while till it was broken by uh by nikki bella but uh, she's one that really kind of went against the grain. She wasn't the cookie cutter, you know, supermodel type. She had more kind of a, a punkish type look, and she had that, that quote unquote crazy gimmick, which uh, you know just definitely just worked for her. And she played it very well. And she, you know, was uh, the the general manager of Raw for a while, and just uh, yeah, I mean, one of, one of the more popular female superstars at a time you know prior to women's wrestling getting to the point that it's at now and she definitely helped to elevate the women's roster uh, because in in the ring she's another one who is absolutely great uh, as is the next person on my list Paige who unfortunately had to uh, retire last year way way before her time uh, sadly but uh, you know obviously because of some uh, spinal issues that she has that's something you can't mess around with so uh but, you know, Paige was another one that really kind of went against the grain. She didn't fit the mold of uh, what a WWE diva typically was. And that's, you know, kind of what earned her the name, the uh, the anti-diva. And she was, you know, the first ever NXT Women's Champion, uh, held the NXT and Divas Championship simultaneously. I believe she was the youngest Divas Champion of all time. I want to say she was only 20 years old and she won that championship uh, the night after WrestleMania, took it from AJ Lee, and, uh, you know, is still around WWE today, obviously acting as a manager for Asuka and Kairi Sane, which I think is good, uh, you know, if the issue with some of the Japanese stars is the, the language barrier that they're not able to, you know, cut really really good promos put them with a manager somebody like Paige Paige can do you know Paige can still uh, go out there and cut promos for him so you know I think I think it's a good good fit uh, and uh, you know it's a way to keep Paige uh, relevant keep her on TV which I know the fans are very happy about so you know I, I'm liking where that whole unit is going with Paige and Asuka and, and Kyrie Sane uh, next up we've got Molly Holly <clears throat> Um, you know, started off in WCW as part of the Macho Man Randy Savage's entourage. She was known as uh, Miss Madness or Mona Madness, and uh, you know, kind of under the wing of Medusa, one of the, another one of the all-time greats. We'll get to her in a minute here, but uh, yeah, moved on to WWE, became Molly Holly. She was partnered with uh, obviously Crash and Hardcore Holly for a little while, then she was partnered with Hurricane, and uh, just had a, a great, great career. And she was another one, you know, in a time of the divas and the brown panties matches and things like that she's one that had uh, a lot of wrestling skill and could put on a good match and you know did the best she could with what she was given at the time uh, next up we've got natalia probably one of the best ever as far as technical in-ring skill obviously she comes from the heart family the only female graduate of the heart dungeon um you know she's been uh women's champion divas champion 
and uh, you know she's been in WWE for a long time and you know I think she's one that is just kind of taken for granted and sorely underrated as well because uh, you know if they had if she had been uh, positioned properly I think she could have been the female Bret Hart she could have held that women's title for a very long time and uh, you know she could have she could have been uh, she's one I think she works much better as a heel than a baby face and you know she could have been that longtime heel champion that just nobody could get the title off of and they they could have done a lot with that uh, but you know she's still around still going strong still in the mix so uh, you know yeah Natalia Neidhart definitely uh, has earned a spot uh, in the top women of all time. Uh, next, one of the all-time greats, in my opinion, is Mae Young, uh, former NWA Women's United States Champion. She's a Hall of Famer, um, involved in WWE well into her 80s. She was still taking bumps and just doing anything and everything out there. And just, uh, you know, even, even if not for her in-ring work, but just for sheer entertainment for the stuff that she did with WWE, uh, she's definitely earned a spot on this list as far as I'm concerned. Next up is Wendy Richter, um, former WWE Women's Champion, also uh, was a part of, I don't know if you guys remember, there was uh, used to be a group called POW, Powerful Women of Wrestling, that was kind of the uh, um, the successor of GLOW, when uh, GLOW went off the air, that was kind of David McClain's next organization, was POW, Women of Re- Powerful Women of Wrestling, uh, Wendy Richter was uh, involved with that as, uh, as a commentator, I can't remember if she ever actually did any wrestling, but uh, yeah, she was with involved in that. She was uh, wrestled in the AWA. She was on the very first WrestleMania. A uh, big part of the Rock and Wrestling connection with Cindy Lauper, Hall of Famer, and just again an all-time great, way ahead of her time. You know, did a lot to uh, elevate women's wrestling at a time when it was not a priority at all or at all taken seriously. Uh, next is Jazz, current NWA World Women's Champion. Uh, she's another one that's been through WWE and ECW, and uh, yeah, another one that I think is just sorely underrated. Just kind of, kind of flew under the radar a little bit. Uh, I don't. She never got that real big push in WWE, and again, I think it's you know at that time because she didn't look like Trish or you know Stacy Keebler or Tori or anything like that. But uh, you know, she she wasn't the the cookie cutter uh, supermodel type, but she could get in that ring and she could go and that honestly isn't that what it should be about when we're talking we're talking about wrestlers here I mean we're not talking about you know swimsuit competitions or or anything like that you know we're talking about wrestling and jazz is a wrestler and a damn good one at that uh, uh again you know uh, she's in her uh, I want to say mid to late 40s and she's still going strong like I said current NWA world women's champion has stated that she wants a shot at the uh, 10 pounds of gold at the NWA world title so we'll see uh if Billy Corrigan's looking to uh have any kind of intergender match between his women's and men's world champions. Uh, next on my list, uh, another one I think a lot of people are probably going to roll their eyes at, but you really can't deny what this woman can do in the ring, on the mic, on the ropes, uh, and that is Charlotte Flair. Um, you know, she's been in WWE for seven years, has definitely earned everything that she's gotten, and she's been NXT women's champion, she's been uh, Raw women's champion. SmackDown Women's Champion, she's been the Divas Champion, she's done pretty much everything there is to do with the exception of uh, holding the Women's Tag Team titles, which I'm sure will happen for her at some point or another, but uh, yeah, I mean, when it comes to the Women's 
evolution and in WWE and you know who is at the forefront of that who's the leader of that um, you know Becky may be the champion but Charlotte when it comes to the women is the top woman in WWE right now like it or not uh, next we've got Beth Phoenix another Hall of Famer uh, former Divas champion women's champion uh, again you know was part of that group that kind of went against the grain didn't didn't fit that uh you know, didn't fit the mold of the supermodel type. She was a wrestler and a very good wrestler, uh, you know, has recently come out of retirement, took took part in WrestleMania. Looks like she has not lost a step. And uh, apparently from what I've been reading online, you know, she's going to be doing some more matches for WWE. So good on her. Uh, you know, great to uh, see her making a, making a comeback and uh, being a part of everything that's going on with women's wrestling in WWE now. And, uh, you know, have uh, have Edge stay home with the kids for a little while. <laughs> and uh, next up on my list now, uh, brand new WWE Hall of Famer, much deserved. Definitely an innovator, uh, trailblazer, groundbreaker, whatever you want to call her, is China. Um, you know, uh, former Intercontinental Champion, Women's Champion, WWE, uh, part of D-Generation X, one of the most popular groups in history. Uh, you know, I mean, despite everything that happened the last few years of her life you can't take away what uh you know what she did in wwe uh for you know uh for women's wrestling in general so uh yeah china definitely definitely is a part of this list and very high on this list uh next is awesome kong uh she's another one that uh the uh the impact knockouts division was kind of built around had a very brief run in wwe as karma things just didn't uh didn't work out you know, for her on that front, uh, and, uh, you know, so she wasn't, wasn't around for very long, but as Awesome Kong in Impact Wrestling, she was it for quite a while, held the Impact Knockouts Championship, uh, had a great, great rivalry with Gail Kim, they had some amazing matches together, so it, if you have not had a chance to see any of those, do yourself a favor, go out of your way to check out Awesome Kong versus Gail Kim, they had numerous matches in Impact, for the Knockouts Championship, and every one of them was great. Uh, next on my list is uh, is Victoria, another one who has spent some time in WWE, in Impact, has been a champion in both companies, and again, you know, went, went against the grain of what a diva was um, because she could get in that ring and she could go, and that, you know, she wasn't, uh, you know, again, she did, did the best she could with what she was given at that time. The women weren't taken too seriously in those days, but she... You know, she's one that uh, I think her her gimmick originally in WWE, where she was kind of the unstable, you know, kind of I don't know, psychotic's the right word, but that was kind of kind of kind of her thing when she first started off in WWE. And you know, but once you got past that, she is a tremendous athlete and just a, an amazing person. I I've had the honor of meeting uh, uh, Lisa Marie, her her real name obviously, known as Victoria in WWE and Tara in TNA Impact. But uh, her real name is Lisa Marie Verone. I've had the pleasure of meeting her a couple of times, and she is just an amazing human being inside and out and, you know, definitely has earned her spot on this list. Uh, next up, we've got Ivory. Uh, another one spent a significant amount of time in WWE. She's a Hall of Famer. I don't know if a lot of people know, or maybe it's just not talked about a whole lot, but I mean, it's not a secret. Uh, she started off as part of the original GLOW, uh, Gorgeous Ladies of Wrestling, Uh her name in that was uh, Tina Ferrari. Uh, after that, moved on to David McLean's next company that I talked about earlier, which is Powerful Women of Wrestling. And there was a little bit of a partnership with the AWA 
that was part of that. Uh, POW was part of uh, Super Clash 3 with the AWA, which was their first foray into uh, pay-per-view. Wasn't a great success, but it is on the WWE Network if you want to check it out, see some very, very early ivory stuff. Uh, but, uh, yeah, again, you know, um, former women's champion in WWE and just did... Uh, absolutely the best she could with what what the women were being given at that time next up we've got sherry martell sensational sherry from wwe uh, hall of famer women's champion again uh you know she has been part of wwe wcw ecw uh the awa she's been everywhere done everything was awa women's champion uh was a wwe women's champion wcw she managed uh Ric Flair, she's managed Macho Man Randy Savage in WWE, um, so I mean as a manager, valet, wrestler, she's done everything that there is to do, and you're not going to find too many better uh, in the history of women's wrestling than Sherry Martell. Next up, we've got Medusa, uh, also known as Alundra Blaze in WWE, former WWE Women's Champion, um, you know, obviously was part of WCW as well, as well as ECW for, for a little bit there. Uh, and the AWA, same as Sherry Martell, kind of made the you know made the rounds as much as she could. Spent spent time in Japan. Uh, as far as wrestling goes, maybe one of the absolute best in ring workers uh, of all time in Medusa. Uh, next, we're getting into our, our top five here. At number five, I've got Mickey James, still going strong in WWE. Will definitely be a Hall of Famer uh, once she decides to retire. And you know, not uh, not at the top of the women's division right now. You don't see her in the title picture too much, but I think she's taking on more of a kind of a, a mentoring role. Um, you know, she's another one spent time in Impact, former Impact champion. She's been a Divas champion, women's champion, and, you know, has uh, earned everything that she has gotten in the wrestling business. And, you know, is, as I said, is still going strong. Um, her husband, of course, is Nick Aldis, current NWA World Heavyweight Champion. And, uh, you know, she's a wife, she's a mom, she's a country singer, she's a wrestler. She she is a superwoman, so she has earned her spot at number five on this list. Number four, to me, one of the absolute greatest in the ring, on the microphone, um, and just sorely, sorely underused and underappreciated in WWE, and that's Gail Kim. Uh, made a phenomenal career for herself in Impact, is an Impact Hall of Famer, uh, multiple-time Impact Knockouts champion, has been WWE Women's Champion, had two runs in WWE, um, you know, wasn't, uh, like I said, was not really used the uh, the best that she could have been, but, uh, you know, it is, it is what it is. I mean, she made her career outside of the WWE and has become, like I said, one of the all-time greats, and I will argue that with anybody. I don't care what company she worked for, she is one of the absolute best in the ring on the mic whatever you ask ask of her she's going to give give you more than what you could possibly hope for uh number three on my list is lita um obviously was the manager of the hardy boys for a long time started off as manager for sa rios spent some time in ecw as uh, i think it was miss congeniality if i remember right uh, as, a, as a manager there uh, spent extensive time in uh, mexico training wrestling and has been WWE Women's Champion, and just, uh, you know, really, um, as far as, like, the, the high-flying lucha-type style, you don't see that out of too many women, or at least you didn't uh, 
at that time and so she was really an innovator as far as that goes and uh yeah hall of famer like i said number three greatest of all time in my opinion remember that is exactly what this all is folks it's my opinion i'm not saying this is a definitive list and that you know everybody should you know agree you know if you if you think some of these people don't belong or if you think i'm putting people higher or lower than they should be hey you know that's fine i you know you're you're entitled to your opinion just as much as i'm entitled to mine so you know don't don't take it too seriously this is just my own personal opinion of who the absolute best are in the history of women's wrestling Moving on to number two, kind of a uh, has become a controversial figure the last couple of years, and that's the fabulous Moolah. Um, Moolah literally owned the Women's World Championship for 50 plus years, uh, was the NWA World Women's Champion, uh, bought that championship from the NWA board and took it with her to WWF at the time, and uh, you know. By their records was champion, I want to say 26, 28 years, something like that. Now, that was interrupted, but some of those title changes are not recognized. So by WWE's history, you know, she was champion for 28 years. Um, you know, by her own reckoning from uh, an interview that she did um, many years ago was that, uh, you know, she held that title for like 50 plus years uh, from the time that she first won it uh, until, you know, till she died, basically, if you listen to her. So, uh, you know, the controversy with Moolah uh, that's come out is that she uh, wasn't the greatest to the uh, the women that she trained, and that's putting it mildly. I'm not going to get into all the rumor and everything that's going on or that has gone on about her and things that she would do to her trainees and people that she managed. Um, but, you know, the thing about rumors like that is there's there's no way to confirm it at this point. Anybody who was there pretty much has passed away at this point so there um you know and anybody who is still around uh has basically been discredited one way or another uh or has not pursued it so there's really no way of confirming one way or the other if any of this stuff is true but uh you know if it is true then that that's horrible that's no way to uh, to treat people if any of that stuff actually happened but uh again you know we can't confirm it it's just rumor and innuendo at this point but uh because it is just rumor, that's why, like I said, I am putting Fabulous Moolah at number two. Uh, number one on my list, the greatest of all time, in my opinion, is Trish Stratus. Um, you know, record-breaking women's champion, Hall of Famer, started off as a valet for uh, for uh, Albert and Test, um, and, you know, just uh, put in the work, put in the time, learned the craft and became one of the best in-ring performers that WWE has ever seen. I think took a lot of people by surprise. Uh, I don't think too many people, you know, when Trish first came in, expected her to be probably the best women's wrestler that the WWE has ever seen. But that's exactly what she turned into, uh, in my opinion and in a lot of people's opinions. So yes, the greatest of all time for me, number one is Trish Stratus. So that's all I've got for this week. Um, yeah, I hope you've enjoyed the uh, the top 50 list. Now, the next top 50 I'm going to be doing is the top 50 tag teams of all time. I haven't got that list completely put together and sorted yet, but, uh, you know, that'll be coming in the, in the next few weeks. And don't forget, as I announced last week on the show coming up 
on Sunday, May the 12th, on Mother's Day, at Marion Catholic High School here in the south suburbs of Chicago, Warrior Wrestling 5. I will be there uh, recording the show at their Fan Fest. It starts at noon, and uh, the, uh, the, show starts, the wrestling show starts at 2 o'clock. But the, uh, the Fan Fest, you know, you can come out, get uh, pictures, autographs with all of the uh, wrestlers on the show that night. And the, uh, like I said, I went to their, their last show, and it was phenomenal. They get some great talent there, some of the best indie stars that, that you could ask for. And, you know, it's for a good cause. The shows go to, uh, to benefit Marion Catholic High School. So, uh, you know, that's always, that's, you know, icing on the cake right there. But, uh, you know, so if you're in Chicago or going to be in Chicago, in the Chicago area, that weekend, it's Sunday, May 12th at noon is uh, when the Fan Fest starts. So, you know, go online at warriorwrestling.net to get your tickets. Tickets to the Fan Fest are 25 bucks, And uh, bleacher general admission bleacher seats for the wrestling show start at 30 bucks. So, you know, definitely very, very budget-friendly. So, uh, yeah, come on out, check it out. It should be a good time. Stop by, say hi, uh, get some swag, and, you know, maybe uh, have a little cameo on the show. Let me know what you what you think of the card and things like that just come on out have some fun so uh, that's pretty much all i got for this week again thank you to everybody for listening and subscribing on podbean spotify apple Podcasts, google Podcasts, youtube and wherever you find your podcasts and thank you for following on social media on facebook twitter instagram and snapchat on all those platforms it is at catch hook shoot and if you ever want to shoot me an email it's catch hook shoot at gmail.com so uh until next week, hope everybody has an awesome week. Hope everybody has had a good good Easter uh, or good holiday, whatever holiday you happen to celebrate this weekend. And uh, so, yeah, I will talk to you guys next week. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, I guess that's pretty much it. So I'll talk to you guys soon. Have a good one.